welcome to another episode of Grains and Grace. My name is Ryan, sitting with my brother-in-law, John, and my parents' basement. How are you doing, John? What's going on, buddy? Shoot, not too much. We are, uh, we're working our way through the Book of Romans, and I think we're having a good time doing it. We're doing double duty, double shift here. Double shift. We hope you, uh, listened to the last episode, the last two episodes on this series. This is the Roman series, and I guess it's our own Roman road, if you will. Huh. Uh, ha, ha, ha. And uh, all all roads lead to Rome, right? So uh, this is a quintessential book um, that we're doing in in the Christian canon, and I absolutely love this book. And we are just man, we are it's we're not bogged down in chapter one. No, I wouldn't say we're just there's so much meat here. It's like it's like a rib that just keeps giving off meat. Right or it's a chicken wing. It's just a little more chicken. Wouldn't right it be there. awesome like a rib that like the never-ending gobstopper from Willy Wonka, but it was just a rib. You yeah, just eat like just this eat beautiful it. smoked rib, and just the meat kept growing. But you know what? I think God's word's like that. I think God's word is it's like gobstopper. a never. It's oh. a never-ending gobstopper. Can it be a never-ending rib? It's a never-ending rib. <laughs> it it just there's always meat. I think uh, when Jesus uh, turns the. Um, the the bread and the fish and he multiplies them uh i think that's a symbol of god's word and it just keeps feeding and there's like leftovers you know and so i think that's an example of, of what we get in the in the word i think I, this is an example because i mean we're just we are in this thing and we're going strong and i broke with the routine as if anyone heard closely i was already opening the beer but already cracked the beer we were open. doing a double we don't have an introduction we're still drinking the boulevard kc pills yeah. that you heard all about our rave reviews from the uh yes the last one and uh, the pseudo pills yeah pseudo pilsner boulevard kc pills yeah beer it's, it's beer it's beer it's beer it just tastes like an ipa to me which I said in the first episode, so I won't say it again. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're just going to start getting back into it. We were talking all about God's wrath, right? And maybe it wasn't exactly yeah, what so, we thought. So God, God's wrath is being poured out. Um, and, you know, God has revealed himself. He's revealed himself in, in creation. All men are without excuse. And we're picking up in chapter, or excuse me, in verse 21. Correct. So that goes on. So after he talks about how people are without excuse, he goes on to say, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So what? So it says here that for all they, although they knew God. Mm-hmm. So are, these are people that like have some sort of like weird like they these aren't atheists these are people that like well, like see, your your new agey people that are like yeah god's there it's like they have a concept oh they know god. god is there but then they go off in these weird ways instead of you know general revelation should lead us to should should somehow be connected to the special revelation of god's word and instead for them the general revelation they they have it and then they're like yeah, but I think it's this over here because this really fits well with my lifestyle. Now, I think this could even go into the whole like discussion of the scientists who refuses to acknowledge that there's a God behind the beauty of the universe. Because already it said that they're without excuse, so uh -huh. that can definitely fall in. So it's saying right there, although they knew God, so that's almost, I see it as Paul saying, 
even if you say you don't know God, you do because it's there. Yeah. So you're not glorifying him. You don't think you need to, but come on, you know better. You, you know, know there's something going on. I think there's there are probably some legitimate, like, legitimate atheists, right? And they are people you will never hear from. Because a legitimate, legitimate atheist, they honestly don't care. <laughs> they're just like, no why, why would I have a conversation about this? Mm -hmm. But then there's all these atheists. Man, it is like their favorite subject. It's like they are just working really hard to convince themselves there's no God. Which starts to make me think, I think maybe deep down you think there is a God and you're really hoping there isn't. Well, I have noticed, like, there is amongst, like... That was me, by the way, for a minute in uh, my life, because I would I would consume these books, and it was just, like, this subject I was into, and, uh, and I think it was just me just running away from God. Like, I really didn't want there to be a God, because I was mad at God mm -hmm. for some reason. I was mad at life. I was mad at things, you know, and, you know, so it's like, it made me feel good. Uh, it tickled my ears. Well, it's almost like in that atheist community, you're still looking for that same, well, I just said the word, community that mm -hmm. you receive through faith. You're still wanting, so you want other people to join you in your belief. You don't want to, if you're already acknowledged, saying that you don't believe there's a God in the world, you definitely don't want to be alone by yourself. You better have someone around you or some people that surround you or there's no God, there's no one in my life. I'm just kind of wandering through yeah. all by myself you want people around you we all want that security that and they would have the uh, uh, uh one of the stupid things they say is um yes i said stupid that's but, perfectly fine uh they would say i don't believe there is no god i lack a belief that's different okay yeah okay you're being cute with words okay so you lack a belief my only question is do you believe that you see, you still have a belief. Do you believe that you don't believe? <laughs> yeah. Do you believe that you lack a belief? I mean, I mean, because I can't know that for you. Mm -hmm. How can we object objectively know that you really believe or don't believe that you lack a belief? I don't know that. So in a weird way, you still have a belief. You believe, I believe. Okay, we're both starting from the same point here. So they need to stop pretending like they're on the moral high ground here. Well, it's already... Right there is a tongue twister that reminds me of another portion of Romans where I do what I don't want to do, but I don't like keep. Yeah, yeah like, this I keep on doing. Yeah, I lost track of where you were going with your beliefs about halfway <laughs> into that whole thing. I was like, yeah, I believe you're in the right direction, but yeah. Well, if people can uh, repeat this and play it back and 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 think about it, play it back and chew on it and hear what I'm saying. Uh, when it comes to belief, people that have that counter argument that. You know, well, I, you believe you're putting the position forward. There's a God. Therefore, the onus is on you to prove it. It's funny how they go from belief to now I have to objective, objectively prove it. First of all, it's not my job. That's, that's God's job, which he's already done. You're refusing to believe it. That's number one. Number two, it's called faith. It's called belief. And so why are you trying to drag it into this scientific question? You're doing that, not me. You're doing that. And, and then, and then finally, you know, when they say, um, I don't, I don't believe there is no God. I lack a belief in God. My counter would be, is that what you believe? It's just as simple as that. Is that what you believe? 
you're see they're trying to sidestep the idea that they have any beliefs mm -hmm. i just disagree you do it's just you're trying to back it up one step i'm sorry you're still believing something believing something that i can't test i can't test what's in your head mm -hmm. <laughs> and it all comes down to it i mean science faith it all comes down to some unanswered questions regardless of it. We're all going to, if we trace back our faith, there's a point where we just have to sit back and believe something we can't see. But the same comes right. from any scientific right. pursuit as well. You eventually come to it. You have to eventually just trust believe. and believe that something came from yeah. somewhere. Yeah, and I would say, like, going back to this, where God made his invisible qualities, he's, he's clearly portrayed himself in nature god is doing everything he can you know but ultimately you have to believe i would i would say it's like when you're married right you know my wife can do everything possible to show me love she can tell me every day she can hold my hand in church you know she can you know give me nice words and all of these things but at the end of the day you know do I know that she really loves me, like, with a perfect knowledge? Of course not. I don't My know. My sister is really deceitful. She's really Yeah, right. No, she's, she's not. She's been fooling you this whole time. <laughs> but the point is, I, there's no way I can know, but I believe. I believe. I believe these, these signs that she's giving to me are signs telling me, I love you, John. Mm -hmm. I think this is what God does with us in nature. I think yeah. this is his qualities. He's giving us these signs and all these different things. And he's saying, I'm here. I'm here and I care about you. You're my creation. But you got to believe. <laughs> you got to believe me. So, you got to believe like Ted Lasso. Just believe, Just believe man. <laughs> so, yeah, people are without excuse. That's backwards. Yeah. So it says, it says, so we're picking up in 21. Yes, we are. And back on track. Back on track. So for all they for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. I, I keep going. Oh, I that we that's what we yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that. I wanna but I want to talk about what I just said, John. Are we already just, <laughs> All right. Um although they claim to be There's wise. That dead horse, let's beat it. <laughs> <laughs> Nay. Uh, Terrible. <laughs> You're so bad. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images made to look like a mortal human being, and birds and animals and reptiles. I almost need I, to repeat that myself because I was already still laughing at myself. Yeah. So what's going on? We got these people here, and they uh, they claim to be wise, but they became fools. I, this is the what we were talking about earlier. Uh, I think this goes back to the. God, they, they have this like, yeah, I believe there's a God, you know, and like it's in this crystal, man. Yeah. You know, I got one of those crystals. I, I actually don't mind mocking some false religions because they're false. So I'm okay with like if people want to give me hate mail. I love people. I want all to come to the knowledge of Christ. Sometimes you just, you know, you have to have some fun too. Though. Are you going to tell me you my think, dream? You think your power's matter? in a crystal. Come on, man. <laughs> it's like it's a created thing. You know, we worship a God that's not created. And uh, that's what these people did. They're creating false religions. I think that's what it's talking about. It's, but it's that comfort people. you can wear that crystal around know, your neck. So cool. You don't have a physical God to wear around your neck. Right. 
or or uh, what else? Uh, the what are some of the other things they do? The the, the different kooky gods that are created. Uh, the, the... You know, so I went through a time in my life where I was uh, going to a few meetings of different kind, and okay. one of them during these things they encourage you to have a higher power. And I knew what mine was, but I remember oh, one girl. Yeah. So this one girl who was a part of this meeting, it wasn't for alcohol, because obviously the show would be a terrible <laughs> example. <laughs> I've led you down the wrong path. Right? Yes. Um, call my sponsor after the show is over. But I just remember one girl, she was like, I've got a tree that's my higher power. Not all the trees. It was just one tree in her backyard, and there was just something about a magical tree it was a magical one yeah <laughs> yeah um so they became futile in their thinking that yeah a little bit futile hearts were dark in the and world. so you're saying that this particular individual exchanged the glory of the immortal god for an image for the image of a tree in their backyard yeah i think that's what this means it's talking about other religions you know people mm -hmm. so even people that have a concept of god my voice is cracked. I'm going from puberty. Uh -huh. um, no, even uh, people that have a, a concept of God suddenly, or not suddenly, but they they kind of take on these false religious beliefs and worship worship things that are created or their idols. Or idol worship was really big back then. There was a whole business, I think, in the Roman Empire. You know, they would carve and create idols. Mm -hmm. You know, here's a perfect example. Uh, in, in Nashville, Tennessee, they've got a replica. It's the Parthenon, and they've got a replica of the Parthenon that was in Greece. Okay. And, of course, the one in Greece, I've never been there, but from photos I've seen, it's pretty run down. You know, it's been around for a while. Of course, the it's been it's fully restored life-size in Nashville. And inside, you can go inside, and it's set up, and they even have the statue, I think, Athena. And it's massive. It's huge. It, it, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's mm -hmm. it's absolutely beautiful and it's this massive idol mm -hmm. right and the and it's got the big doors like the idol would leave and and all of this but so they created this right this was a creation of man well this is inverted you know god's the creator mm. and so we we are supposed to create the creator we're not supposed to be creating our gods i think that's what this is saying yeah, absolutely. And going into it, because we know about their polytheistic beliefs that are going on in Rome, too, right there we're starting to understand why he's saying that, because not just for um, they exchanged the glory for a mortal god, for the images made, or for the images made to look like a mortal man, but being birds and animals, so all these sort of hybrid characters that we know from all the... Greek, um, right? Egypt, Greek, yeah. Correct. They yeah. had they had the hybrid with the falcons' heads and the yeah. person's body. Yeah, pretty gnarly looking things though. But yeah, yeah. and man, how big was that statue of Athena that you saw? Cause it was you, massive. Yeah, I it mean, was it was probably two to three stories. You can see why people three. I would say it was three story. It was huge. You can see why people would worship these things sometimes we think how dumb it is to worship a statue yeah. but when sometimes you're in the presence of these big beautiful things and these big beautiful places it can create this almost religious experience it seems weird but yeah. that statue can do that for you i think the 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 one story that i'm thinking of right now that really is always kind of 
mystified me, and I don't have an answer for it. I don't know why, but when the Egypt, uh, the Israelites came out of Egypt, and they just they witnessed all these miracles, you know, the parting of the Red Sea, and you know, um, God take care of them, and so Moses got to go up to Mount Sinai, and the people are down below, and for whatever reason, after seeing all these signs and wonders they decide to make an idol and worship that but I say all that to say you know really that's not so far from what we do too how many times have you seen God work in your life and God's made himself so obvious to you at times and then you turn around and you end up creating another God Mm -hmm. so I think also reading this in Romans, you know, maybe maybe it's talking to us. We we want to think about it the other, but maybe there's something here that we need to listen to and and, and make sure we're putting judgment on ourselves too. Like, hey, am I am I creating false gods? You know? Uh, yeah, it's not really a great healthy way of reading the Bible to always look at it through what God is saying <laughs> to other people. Yeah, to other people. Yeah, he's saying this to these uh, sinful losers over here. Now, of course, I don't want to get too far away, and but I have to be a little nitty-gritty about this. Paul is writing to the Romans. Some people will say, well, Paul knew and Paul's writing to you. No, Paul's not writing to me, Ryan. He's writing to the Romans, Romans yes. but he is writing truth to the Romans. Right. And that's how we apply it to our lives. I, there's so many weird, I'm going to use that word, wanky way that people approach the Bible like, it's a message to you right there. I'm like, that's not really. We get all these amazing truths about who God is, yeah. but no, the book of Romans wasn't written to me for my personal right. edification. <laughs> right. It was written to the church in Rome. We just so happen to be able to apply these truths yeah. to our own lives. Sorry, you got me on a soapbox for a minute just because I hear that used yes. so bad. <laughs> yes. It's a love letter to you, Ryan. But yes, I can <laughs> see correlations between the church in Rome and my own life and learn how to change but i i'm not gonna like this next verse uh, because i really wanted to avoid the controversial conversations but i guess we're gonna have to have it no i think we're just gonna redact a section of romans because we're no. chickens because <laughs> it's the popular thing now uh, yep yep um Okay, you want to read it or you want me to read it? Starting at verse 24? Yeah. All right. So therefore, and it's good, we had to do it because anytime you see a therefore, you got to know everything that was being said beforehand. So based on everything we said, Paul's then going on to say, therefore. Oh, folks, we're at 45 minutes. We'll talk to you. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity or the degrading of their bodies with one another. Now, now that I do think in the um, temple worship that they engaged in, they engaged in a lot of like sexual things. Yeah. So um, I'm no prude. I'm a modern man, but uh, <laughs> he told us the other day, "You're a, you bowl two hundred. I'm a bowling two hundred man." That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, the degrading their bodies with one another. Sometimes we use that and just assume they're talking about whatever we don't like. I think there's something very purposeful to him talking about this degradation yeah. of bodies. There's something more than just 
getting into some random dude's bedroom. There must have been something going on uh, it, in Rome yeah. at the time that made this big enough for this to be a part of what's being said here. Yeah, and it goes back to that therefore word. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is related to what they were they were worshiping false gods. Mm-hmm. They had um, idol worship, false temples, and the stuff that was happening in those temples was pretty icky. Yeah. I think sometimes when I hear about that degrading of their bodies, I just picture like some little old church lady talking to her granddaughter. Don't go out and degrade your body at prom. Like, (laughs) it's not just talking about that. There's something more than just a decision you make in your life. There's there's something going on. If we know anything about Rome, yes, there was definitely some things going on that would even make uh, the two of us blush. Rome, yeah, most people blush. If you ever read into what Roman practices were uh, in the temples, it was pretty raunchy. Mm -hmm. And I think that your, um, even your most staunch atheist would be like, yeah, Rome was pretty bad. Yeah, get me out of here. (laughs) Yeah, so I think we all can come into agreement that Rome had some really bad bad stuff going on mm-hmm. all right uh yeah what 20, did they do what did they do then they in 25 it says they exchanged the truth about god for a lie so they had the truth as we already established they knew what it was because it was evident it was right there yeah. no one's without excuse and they made a decision to exchange it for a lie and i bet though even though we're saying this i mean i'm gonna go on a ledge and say I bet some of those were some pretty interesting times. I don't want to like glorify the degrading right. <laughs> times, but I bet if you were there, you probably thought like, Oh, the good old days. I'm having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they exchanged what's good and healthy for their lives for this lie that yeah. what we're doing here is good because it feels good at the moment. So mm-hmm. they exchanged the lie. And and like and it's just kind of repeating that and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever mm-hmm. praised. Amen. So it's kind of saying kind of what we've been saying here. It's 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 you know they have God despite having all this knowledge, despite everything being as obvious as it is to them. It's it, was it willful? Are they willfully or are they just? Is it just tickle their fancy to just do degrading things to their bodies and worship idols? Is it just more? Fu- is it just fun? Is it? Is that what it is? What's going on? Why? Why? I think it seems fun. I'm trying to think of. It doesn't sound I, fun. No, I <laughs> wish I could say that I've lived like a really like interesting life. I'm pretty vanilla in the long run. What are you run, talking about? But... You rode a skateboard and had a chain wallet just like I did. Yeah, I, I was pretty. But I'm just thinking. I don't think the bad that I did was like anything that was like earth-shattering that other like, teenagers did not go through. So you think other te- teenagers would have fit in at Rome at this <laughs> No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Bunch of Roman teenagers. Oh, man, they're the worst. Where in the world was I even going with this? I have had so many lost... Well, I'm asking, I'm asking why... Why did they? I they mean, probably thought it was a good time. Is they that, did, what they didn't? But they didn't have. What the, was the lure? I, I guess I don't understand. What was the lure of? Was it just like free sex? Is that what it was? Well, free the, sex, cheap sex. I mean, it's that's the same what they thing in the with? modern world. Is probably sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They had some like awesome lear players there. Yeah. They were having the best of wine. They just were all that's great naked all that's the great. time. So they had they had ACDC lear players. 
Yeah. And 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 just holding the rock and roll sun. Okay. I get it. Yeah. I mean, if we're trying <laughs> to put it into context. All right. And by context, for modern day, we're referencing ACDC. You realize that. <laughs> right. Modern hit and band like, ACDC. And I like ACDC. <laughs> now it's going to forever scar me from listening to them. <laughs> I got their lyrics so, stuck in my head right so now. So basically, the choice was... Hey, come live in the pagan lifestyle, or you had so you had ACDC Lear players, uh-huh. or you had Chris Tomlin on the Lear well, version of Chris Tomlin. Like, hey, come join the Christian group here. Well, to be honest, so, I think that's that what non-believers. I only, I can imagine this from what I hear from my high school students that talk about what it's like to be a Christian. It almost feels that way sometimes. Yeah. It's either I get to have this fun party lifestyle that everyone else is doing. Or I have to go to church and read my Bible, and I have to act embarrassed every time I let a cuss word slip. Because oh no, I don't talk like this with my friends. And yeah, get... yeah. Well, you know, and that's interesting because wh- what did we read earlier in this chapter? It says, "For I'm not ashamed of the gospel." Mm-hmm. I think people that are embarrassed of the gospel don't really know the gospel. No, they're embarrassed that they have to be like they're almost like. Embarrassed of being goody two shoes, or the world's going to yeah. think that they're. But then, but then there are they. Then are they if they're worried about being goody two shoes? My question would be: Well, then, do you have faith from first to last? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like you had faith, and now you're relying on you being a goody two shoes to keep that faith. Uh-huh, that's relying. not. That's not. That's not what the Roman says. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because like we were just talking about, there's so much meat. I. I we're here for a reason. I, you know, me and Ryan are recording this because this is better. I did the party thing before. Mm-hmm. Trust me, this is better. Uh, yeah. The party thing's not fun. It stinks. It wears out. Have you ever seen what happens to people that live their whole life like that? It's depressing, you know? But God wants us to have life and life abundantly. And it is in God's word. And when you start to realize that and you embrace that, Mm-hmm. And so when I, when you have embraced that and I just, I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, what was the draw? Like, Hey, let's go degrade our bodies, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> and worship this. Uh, I just made a new idol at home with my crafting kit. And yeah, it's like, what? I don't get it. I don't get it. And there probably wasn't much to do in Rome either. I mean, it was, yeah, I think they're bored. <laughs> what are you? What are we gonna do tonight? Are we gonna go to church? Or are we gonna degrade our bodies? Oh, we degrade our bodies last night. Let's go to church. <laughs> but yeah, so God gave them over, and we think of giving them over as He hands them. But not. It's more. He's like, if this is what you want, go for it. Yes. He's allowing them, and God does that for all of us in our own lives. He gives us free will. It sounds like he physically handed them over, like, here, I'm giving you up. You're no longer mine. I'm getting, but no, we're always loved by God. But he's saying, if you want to chase these things, chase these do you, things. Do you th- okay, so you're talking about in verse 26. Um, Are you, I think you're. Oh, it was, I was actually going back to 24, they giving over to their simple, simple desires. Okay, so that goes with 26. He elucidates that more. Mm-hmm. Or should I say elaborates on that? Both. It says, it says, because I love what you're, this point you're making. So let's read 26. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for the unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. 
men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their for their now, but uh uh I, I I like this thing that you're saying that God is he's he's putting himself out there he's saying I'm here you know come to me I, I I'm, you know I'm inviting everyone he just constantly invites in our life mm -hmm. right and he's doing this all the time and so it sounds like in this God's finally like you know what you want it you got it you you want it if this, I mean you're going to be so stubborn now we know that he did this with Israel mm -hmm. right he I mean he and you talk about forbearance I mean he gave Israel chances for centuries he gave him a few yeah and and God's kindness just keeps going and going and finally he's just like and we learned about it it's great because actually one of the sermons by Pastor Adi where it was a Jeremiah it was, was the Jeremiah text yeah. yeah and and he says and he finally is just like yeah no it's it's done mm -hmm. you know so does God do that with people does he just finally just say you know what this person, I, I, because God in his foreknowledge, God knows all. And God mm -hmm. would know if if he's exhausted all the possibilities, well, right? And so he, he, he would be able to say, like, I've done everything for Ryan. Man. I'm God, and I know that there's nothing else left for me. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting conversation. You want to talk about rabbit holes. This one could take us down quite the rabbit hole because I have a whole thought on Noah and the flood and, you know, why God would do things like that. And I think it plays in here in the your question about yeah. does God ever, I don't believe God ever gives up or ever stops loving anyone, but God is also the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. God knows everything, every possible outcome from every single decision we could possibly right. make. And it doesn't say, though, he stopped loving them. No. He just says he gave them over. Mm -hmm. But like the whole idea of Noah and the flood, the only reason he brought that flood is because God knew where humanity was at at that time. And that aside from Noah's family, there was nowhere else for his message to be spread. It was almost a do or die situation where right. my people for the remainder of time are going to miss out on my message and my love if we don't do something now. This is the last family. So, yeah, I guess God would have had to have known that all of the rest of humanity was past the point of no return. Yeah, already. I guess that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Is there, in God's perspective, sometimes in people's lives, and we're not ones, we are not the ones to judge that. Mm -hmm. We let's. I'm going to make that yeah. abundantly clear. That is not our role to judge that. We are called to go preach the gospel, mm -hmm. right? We are called to talk about it with people. We are called to give people a grace and, and forgiveness and all that. My question is, and this might be an I don't know, but from God's perspective, does he sometimes just get to a point with people where he says, I've, I've done all I can and they're going to live out their life in their sinful desire. And I'm, I've done, I've, I've done my part. I've, I've tried to reach them and, I've given them avenue, and they're insistent in their rebellion. They're insistent in their rebellion, and 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 God in in His knowledge says there, there literally there's nothing left. 
here. I'm going to challenge. I just thought I'm not. And again, no, I'm not asking been, a question. I'm yeah. not even asserting that. I'm not asserting that as a point. I'm asking a question. But thinking it out on the spot while you were talking, I believe God, no, never does. But why are we here on earth? We're here as his representatives and his ambassadors to share his love with those people. Yes. So I believe he knows when he's put you or me into someone's life to be that opportunity to. And if we don't, if we're like Jonah's and don't follow our calling in our lives to to do that, then no, those people might not hear the message because we didn't let God work through us the way he had intended to. So it's not God ever giving up. It's almost like we're the ones, humanity is giving up on other humanity because we don't do so our what does job. this mean? God gave them over to their shameful lusts. Why would he do that? Live your life. He's not going to force us to. He's not going to make us worship robots. Okay. I think he's going to, he's, he's finally just saying, if you are going to live this so life, I make see, I see, I see what you're asking. I don't know if we, are we still good here? Oh yeah. Um, so I, I see what you're saying. You're, you're asking, um, you're, you're I, cause yeah, you're saying God's not giving up on us, but he, in that there's an opportunity for salvation, mm -hmm. but God is not fighting us for control in our life. Correct. Yes. Is that, he's never going to stop loving right? us, but he's not going to come in and force us to worship him. Yeah. If I want to go out and degrade myself later on. Say, See, now the reformed theology would say, uh, there's irresistible grace, so you really have no control. Like you're, you're over the grace, over the gra over God pulling you in. No, if God I'm, because God chooses you. It's an your choice is an illusion. It's it's not you choosing. It's God choosing you and God doing the whole work. Mm -hmm. And like, and and just and and it's like no, you're you're a Christian. I'm putting you here. And, Oh, that's, now that's that, what's going to happen that, in your life. Now that's a little bit of a slippery slope saying God chooses me to be a Christian as he calls everyone because that makes it sound like some are chosen to be Christians and yeah. some are not. That would Why be the reformed would, position. Yeah. No. It's not, God's <laughs> not going to leave you right. out on that one. God has called all of us, but it's dependent upon his people doing what his people are called to be doing. So if his people don't share the love, then some people are never going to know there's anything other than the lust that they're falling into or the sinful nature mm, that they're falling into. I don't agree with that because, because of what Roman said earlier about the God makes himself known. So we're the, there you go. So we yeah. get back to the fact that even if God's people are not living up, to even their if calling, God's people are not living be. up to their calling, God has done everything in nature that there's enough. in. so, okay, here's an example. Uh, the, the tribe in, in, you know, Papua New Guinea that nobody's ever missioned to. Oh, and there's been generations of people there that have gone and not heard the gospel. Does that mean they they didn't have God or they didn't know God? Uh, no, I just know God has revealed himself and, mm -hmm. and they, they are without excuse as well. That's an interesting thing because they should not have an, or there should be no excuse that there is a God, but they may have not had the opportunity to know the gospel of Jesus or the saving grace in that one. That's a weird, so yeah, while well, all humanity should know there is a God, 
should they also know, be held to that same expectation to know? I think that's one of those situations where we don't quite know how God works all that out. I know that what we're called to do is be responsible for our faith. Mm -hmm. And so um, Christ's light is is brought and the kingdom of heaven is advancing as we speak, right? And and and, and of course that's what we're we're called to do. But um uh they could be just like the old testament, we're looking forward to Christ. They they had shadows, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's very and I'm armchair theolo theologizing right now. But it's possible that the the pygmy group in Papua New Guinea or wherever, I pick your random place, has a belief in God. This group has a belief in God. And they maybe have symbols that point towards their hope that they put faith in. And, you know, maybe they don't call him the proper Hebrew name, but the Spirit speaks and does the work for them mm -hmm. and gives the faith that, yeah. You know, it's not, they've not been lost. God yeah. loves all and he's revealed himself yeah. and all are without excuse. If I were, you know, forced to make a decision on how I'm feeling about it right now, I think it's a little bit of a hybrid of what we were just saying. I yeah. definitely believe that no, none of humanity is without excuse towards the fact that there is a God, the creator, a God who made everything, right. a God who's in control. But I think that when it comes to that message of the gospel and the good news, then it comes down to that human interaction. So no one can say, oh, I didn't know there was a God. But I believe it comes down to us being disciples. That's why we have the Great Commission is he sent us out to tell people yeah. about him. So. Well, and, to, and, and that the clarifying message of the gospel. Yes. Right? You have um, Paul, when he goes and preaches at, I'm going to say it wrong. Er, er, uh, in Acts, he goes preaches to the Greeks. I can't. It starts with an A, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. But he talks about here. I found this uh, inscription to the unknown God, and now I'm here to tell you about it. Mm -hmm. You know, he's clarifying to them this. This is this, right? Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not. I'm filling in the blank for you here. It's. It's. You already have some concept, and now I'm going to finish and complete that concept. And I think that 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 that's one of our callings is to go out and and and, and find there are people out there who have concepts of God, and and understand God through nature through the general revelation that God gives, and we are called to to, to finish that picture mm -hmm. as well as talk to people that that are are turned and have gone and have been given over maybe to their sinful desires, but you know, God wants all men to be saved. So we're called to try to bring them back to, to wake up from their sleep, their sleep, their slumber mm -hmm. and, to, and to have a saving knowledge of Christ. So interesting. My mind is just reeling with the thoughts of like missionary work. So that's the main reason. So you can acknowledge and believe there's a God, but that's why we need those, you know, feet on the ground going out to tell people about, about Christ because yeah, just that acknowledgement of, God being out there to whatever degree, they're without excuse. So we got to. They're without excuse. They are without excuse. Mm -hmm. And it might be, and it might be something like, um, you know, they have an understanding of God, but they're just doing nothing with it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's terrible grammar, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Doing, sorry. Doing, Tell doing my wife, sorry, nothing. sweetie. <laughs>
Because, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, without that understanding and belief in Christ, that's where the salvation comes from. Acknowledging God there is not yeah. enough. That's just the start that he's outlining that no one's got ex- an excuse that there's a God. That's just the beginning of the conversation. And so we don't, do we, because uh, I really am not, verses 26 and 27, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all understand what this means. We totally and, uh, just move past all I, that. I'm that really, wasn't, uh, yeah, I really don't want to have a bunch of controversial stuff. Uh-huh. But look, it, it, this is what it says. This is the word of God, and it's not a popular message today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Nah, me neither. <laughs> so, but I don't even think that I. I don't know. Part of me thinks that we love to really just gnaw on this section I know I know for one reason and yes it's saying truths to it but I think there's an even bigger truth and that's why we got led off on it we didn't allow ourselves to discuss the obvious part of it because I think there's a deeper truth inherent with okay, that hit than me, just what's hit being me. said hit me with it you got something deeper here what, what, what do you got it could be anything. The reason he talked about these specifically is because they were probably the hot-button topics at the time. So that made it into the letter. But what today? We're, I mean, is he connecting this to the degrading stuff? Became, is this it, how we degrade our bodies? I mean, I believe they are probably connected to each other because one comes very quickly after the yeah. other. So, I mean, it would be silly to believe that there's no connection whatsoever but they move on so quickly from it it's one section in the middle so in my head yes it's something that he's telling us about what's not a godly way of living and treating our bodies that god's created for us but i believe it's the message we're getting too caught up into the the sex nature of it because that's where our brains get caught up sometimes especially in america right sex is dirty so we i mean just the thought of it like we we, so we see that and we're like nope stay away from it we don't even want to talk about that at all we get caught up in it it's probably me we we take this verse out we put it on its own we stand on it we act like this is the bible all on its own this verse and this is what christianity is about is this one section yeah and that's and that's kind of the thing i want to stay away from is i don't like that Christianity has just like made this issue like the thing like that defines you as a Christian Mm -hmm. and it's like this is like and this is what I love about Romans and and I have a feeling we're not going to get to chapter 2 verse 1 today either (laughs) but uh, you know it's like everybody wants to get hung up on this and it's like all these Christians are hung up on this thing and it's like Hey, wait, there's another list that's coming, and I bet you find yourself on that one. Let's not talk about that list, John. Let's talk about No, that no, yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Because there's more to this list. Uh-huh. Sure, he he does a whole paragraph on this one, but, well, there's more. Mm-hmm. And promise you, if you're listening to this, sure as I'm speaking, you're on there somewhere. Yeah. This is just an introduction <laughs> to it. And do you normally, like, jump in? To the worst part of things right away usually you're working up to something so if we're yeah. working up to the other stuff and he's just using our sinful lust as kind of an icebreaker yeah what does that say about the other things that we're going to get into or he or he's going to be saying like like here's the outward stuff mm-hmm. but don't forget about this inward stuff 
Mm-hmm. You know, because this inward stuff's just as bad. You remember Jesus said, um, for instance, if you've looked on a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know one guy that hasn't looked at a woman with lust. Guess what? We're all guilty. No, I'm. I've always <laughs> been guilty. respectful of women. Oh, oh yeah, 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 you're the gentleman. But to all the ladies listening, <laughs> Ryan loves and respects you. <laughs> but the point is, is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If yep. there's any point, it, it says, it says, you, you know, Jesus talks about. You've heard it said, "Thou shalt not murder." But if you have anger with your brother, you you basically already committed murder. Mm-hmm. It, the internal stuff is is just as bad as the external and so you know we're all without excuse we're, we're all not we're none of us are escaping you know god's judgment god's wrath against these things because god's law says these things are wrong mm-hmm. through and through internally externally it's wrong it's wrong it's wrong it's wrong god does not want this god wants this and none of us are capable of upholding this law. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we all deserve the penalty for our sin. Yet, God loves us and so said, you know what? I'm going to take care of that sin for you. I'm going to pay your yeah, and I think it's a good place for us to kind of close out this section because I want to remind you of, once again, the journey Paul is taking us on. He starts by making sure we're all aware that we're sinners. So if this section doesn't apply to you, it will soon. He's not done <laughs> yeah. bringing us all to the same level. But let's not forget the grace comes. He only yes. reminds us of the sin so that we can later on right. remind ourselves of how great his grace is. So when we're looking at other people in this world and thinking about their sins, as we're wont to do so many yeah. times, to avoid ours, don't get so caught up in this part and say, oh, I know this guy or this girl, that this sounds just, just like, like them. Yeah. yeah. These people are... See? See, Ryan, at least see what they right here, the Bible says. Yeah. I'm going to go to my friend who I don't approve of their lifestyle and say, oh, please, person who doesn't believe in God and is living a totally different lifestyle, read Romans 1, 26. Yeah, that ought to work for you, right? I'm not going to show you love or care in my own life. I'm just going to show you a verse from a book that you don't even currently believe in and hope that does the trick. No, it's the grace that comes later. He is just making sure we're all aware. (laughs) You're just like these people, just in a different way. We are all sinners. Yeah. And we all need this good, good grace that's coming on down the line that he's telling us about. Man, you, that is it. I think that, let's pause it there and, uh, that's it. The good, good grace of God. Wow. Not a bad conversation. That went fast. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll do a third one. No, probably not. We got a family who probably wants us to, uh, pay attention to them a little bit. Yeah, probably a little bit. But hey, I'm Ryan. I'm John. It's been another episode of Grains and Grace. Thanks so much for listening.